Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 120 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. The race to the top of the heap will never do. We're going to talk about why being the best isn't good enough on this edition of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hey, and welcome to this episode of the Reinventure Me Podcast. I'm Larry Gates, and I'm with Armin Asadi. And we are your co-host for What's Next in Life. Hey, that's kind of fun, Armin, because that almost sounds like we get a front row seat to all of our listeners <laughs> about what's next in their life. You know, that would be cool. Sometimes, I mean, I think about all the weird jobs there are out there and all the things that people are doing. You know, I meet people and they, I, sure. I hear, I learn about their jobs. Yeah. And sometimes you can get so insular that you're always meeting the same people. Right. But every once in a while, you can meet some different people. And I remember one when I was in physics class in college, he was telling me uh, Frito Lay had a guy who was responsible for being the tinsel strength tester of potato chips, meaning he would check how well Lay's potato chips actually work, you know, keep their strength in a dip, you know, before they break off. I'm like, shut up. Who has a job like that? So he would literally just grab a chip and dip it into (laughs) some dip. Well, I'm guessing that they probably had some mechanics, you know, some arms that that actually test the strength of the chip before it breaks off in various substances, you know, but I don't think he just did it with his hand because, you know, you have to measure that sort right. of thing. But yeah, there was there's a guy. Well, at least I was told <laughs> there's a guy with. OK, so if any of you listeners have any really weird occupation that you're in, kind of like that list, a little esoteric occupation, right. join our show notes. Just, just just tell us what you do. I want to know what it is. I, yeah. I do, too. Episode 120. So you'll find that at reinventure.me slash 120. Okay, so that was a big, right. that was a big diversion, right? But we are here to talk about what's next in life, and we want to help you explore the ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures you're made to pursue, even if it is a tensile strength potato chip tester for Frito-Lay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, war- warm us up with it. Inspire me. Well, this is yours. You found this. And I it's did. Off an I ad love it. That excited you. Actually, it, I saw it in an airport. Did uh, you? Yeah, I think I was coming back from someplace, and yeah. I saw this. You know, they had these little billboards and things. Of course. And uh, it's yeah, a it's, it was a it was a Garmin ad, and I just loved it. And it said, "Well, it said beat yesterday." That's it. That's it. Very simple. <laughs> that to me is inspiring because it isn't about Beating you know. Us. Beating yourself up, it's not about beating other people. It's about just beating your yesterday. Mm. And it was so simple. Two words. I it is it. inspiring, right? It because, is inspiring. Because it's I'm like, inspired. I, I could do better than yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. if yesterday was bad. I mean, that, right. you know, it's a good reason if you got <laughs> a down day. Yeah. Hey, tomorrow can only get better, That's right? right. Yeah. <laughs> that actually is inspiring. Yeah. It's like kind of it. like Annie, you know, <laughs> the sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> hey, but that was another episode I think we did, right? What? 
<laughs> what to do with and you had a bad day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so God, you had you a just bad got, day. Why, Larry? Why do you keep doing this to me? I hate that song. This is the third time you've got it stuck in my head now. I'm so mad. Uh, <laughs> my wife is going to be mad, too, because I'm going to be singing it tonight. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's called an earwig. I just oh, gave you God. another one. Uh, oh, so we're talking about why being the best isn't good enough. I mean, so let's let's ask this question. I mean, this is kind of a timely question, okay. right? Who's the best boxer? Muhammad Ali. Well, who rest, was the best boxer? Yeah, rest yeah. in peace, Muhammad yeah, Ali. Yeah, yeah. He's the greatest. Which is debatable because now you got, well, it doesn't matter. Keep going. Yeah, all right. Who's, <laughs> who's the best swimmer? Uh, the pot smoking man fish, Michael Phelps. <laughs> Michael Phelps, 22 medals. Oh, you actually know his set? Oh, yeah. I think he's twice as many medals as who's number two. No idea. You don't know number two? No, I have See, no he used to be number one. I have no idea. And Mark Spitz. I don't know who that is. I think he has 11 medals. You don't know who that is? Okay, well, see, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're going to prove two points. One is you're younger than I am. <laughs> and two is that you often forget who was the previous number one. Yeah, exactly. Who's the best actor? Debatable. All right. Who's Who's the best mom? <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> you know, every Mother's Day or every Father's Day, right? There's always some mom or dad that gets the, the world's best. greatest mom, yeah. you know? World's greatest dad, or you'll best see it mom on a ever, best yeah, dad ever, right. yep. You know, of course, it's all silly, and I used to have a friend who, <laughs> you know, there was one time, well, this guy I've gotten to know, and he would tell me, and in all sincerity, I mean, he just, he'd just go, oh, Larry, you, you know, you're the best. <laughs> and I go, oh, yeah, I kind of felt kind of good until two minutes later, he says the very same thing to the next guy that he's talking to. You know, we're at a conference and he's like, you're the, well, wait a minute now. I had a little bit of dissonance here. How, how can two of us be the best? Right? <laughs> and, it, and it was his way of trying to affirm us. Sure. But I actually was taking it a little bit more literally than that. I was like, hey, I kind of feel good being the best, at least in his eyes. You know, it's like he was giving me a grade. It's like, and, and, I, and the grade is you're the best. But he says that about everybody, right. which to me kind of diminishes the value of it sure. after a while. You just go, okay, well, if everybody's the best, then. I have that friend <laughs> yeah he says you're the best based on advice and then you go to caribou grab a cup of coffee and says oh thank you you're the best you're like uh yeah, all right somehow, <laughs> somehow somehow what you just told me before got a little less exciting <laughs> no longer a compliment well you know i think Armin, what i want to talk about today i think what we're prepared to talk about at least banter back and forth a little bit about is is this idea of being the best and I don't think there's anything necessarily here in what we're planning to talk about that probably all of our listeners probably haven't already heard at all. Right. Um, so it's not like we're going to give you some prescriptive medi medicine here or some suggestions along those lines, but I think it's important to take a pause in this area because we get so inundated by messages from our culture that we don't often step back and say, hey, wait a minute, is this right? Is this is this what I really believe or mm. am I just so constantly saturated by this stuff that I've forgotten how to think critically about it? Yeah. Right. And our culture really does hammer home this idea of being best. Right. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many leaders I have heard that have really talked about their leadership secret or the secret to their success is hiring the best people. Mm. And I just want to say, Really? Yeah. Of the 7 billion people, the 43 that you have in your company or the 4,000 you have in your company or, or whatever, whatever you have done the astronomical work of triaging 7 billion people to right. hire the best. Right. You know, and yeah. when you think about it that way, you think about the silliness of the comment, 
You know, instead of saying we've hired really talented people, we've hired really good people and invested in them, but to say, you know, we've hired the best people or to give the inane advice in my mind, go get the best people. Right. You know, it's like, okay, you would die before you actually solve that one. Right. Because what qualifies as best is probably constantly changing and, and is subject to other sure. people's interpretation anyway. Yeah. So just the, the possibility of that comment makes it an inane thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, hire the best. You hear that all the time. That advice in itself is, I don't want to say it's dumb. It's just irrelevant to so many people. For the vast majority of businesses to hear hire the best is almost irrelevant so if if you're a startup or small company or medium sized company, <laughs> you, yeah, you know you're just, you, you're just willing to hire anybody that'll work for you. <laughs> I mean, even if you're a step up from that, you know, yeah. like you look at who the best is and you say, okay, I want the best CFO. Okay, I can afford to pay him. Let's say let's <laughs> let's just say good salary, one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year. What best CFO do you know of would take one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year uh, salary? Yeah, and then what ends up happening is that we start talking about then, well, I don't mean the best best. I mean the best in small businesses or the best right. that knows how to run an internet company or the or best, best that knows how to do a retail or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, the best in something. So, yeah, so, the more you question it, though, the more they have to narrow it down. Yeah, and then so, eventually it's something so, entirely different. Yeah, and it kind of gets silly, you know, because we start to then move everything down in this niche, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we, it's like we say, you know, I am the number one action photographer of the giant African land snails. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I, I don't know who would contest that. Actually, you, I, mean, you know, it almost, I would accept that. It almost had, you all see. There you go. And it means something, right? I mean, right. it's like I'm number one. Yeah, you know, well, probably many, the only one. How many, how many? How many action photographers do you know that take pictures of snails? Hey. Right. So I mean, I got it. And the African land snail. Hey. I, mean, I think I nailed that one. <laughs> you did. You can have that one. But you know, and a lot of this is that. That we're really driven, I think, by this desire to be somehow special, to stand out. And a lot of this kind of culture speak, especially in business, really got a foothold by Seth Godin. And I interviewed right. Seth Godin. I had him on a webcast before he got famous. He, oh, really? Yeah, he he had left Yahoo, I think, at the time. And I had him come on a, a webcast that I did even before webcasts were popular, right? Oh, and wow. I had Seth Godin on. And I think it was even before he wrote this book, The Purple Cow. And, you know, the idea of this purple cow concept is that, you know, you can look out as you're driving in a farm country and you can see a bunch of cows. If you see a purple one, that stands out. That gets your attention. And the idea is stand out. Mm. Be one that gets attention. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were going to choose one of the cows that I would want to have for dinner, it wouldn't be the purple one. (laughs) I don't know why that cow became purple. Was was he drinking some uh, irradiated or nuclear water or what was the deal? Is that a toxic cow? There's some some things I don't want to have (laughs) stand out. But his point is that we need to stand out. And of course, it's really, I think, driven a lot of the way we think about what we need to do with our life. And you know, for many, I mean, I think that there's this sense, and I know I felt it myself, and I have to resist these cultural impressions that we get, that if somehow you're not so unique in such a way that you're not grabbing your 15 minutes of fame and you're able to yeah. stand out and be at the top of the charts, at least in some category, you know, like action photographer of an African land snail, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. if you can't stand out in some top of class category, then somehow there's something defective and something right. wrong with you. Yeah, and you're always setting yourself up for disappointment and failure and 
constantly put in a place that you just think you're not good enough. Yeah. Because I mean, how do you even, especially if you're starting out and that's the advice that you're getting, how do, how do you, how do you get there? I met with a young man this week and wanted to have some coffee with me to talk about starting up a business idea he had. And he's sure. very, very smart young guy right out of college you know, he has his game together. I mean, hmm. as much as you can at 2021, 20, you know, sure, and yeah. highly respect him. And, and But he unwittingly has fallen victim to this idea as well. And he goes, well, you know, I just want to be the best in the, and I had to stop him. I said, look, let's not talk about being the best here. Yeah. Let's exist first. <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about how you can get progressively better Yeah. rather than worrying about the best. And and we're going to talk about why that is, but here's our thesis. And I think this is what Armin and I are really trying to come across in the show that trying to be the best isn't good enough. And in fact, it's actually detrimental. That whole effort of trying to be the best just isn't good enough. Especially for someone who has no way of knowing exactly how to define the best, especially when it's a moving target, you know, like you, you, you can look at one person as the best, start going after it in your industry and in your sport category and whatever it is. And then by the time you're of age to even compete in this, in the industry or in the sport, there could be an entirely new person oh, who's yeah. done amazingly greater things. And then all of a sudden now, now what do you do? Right. right. It went from Michael Jordan to Steph Curry or yeah. LeBron James or whatever it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't last. We're talking, yeah. We're going to get to that. So I, th- I think there are three challenges and three ways that it's really detrimental for us, I mean, to try to be the best. And first is really, I think the most insidious is that we, we focus on other people's grade yeah. and getting a grade from other people. And because that's, that's how you can tell if you're best. I mean, think right. about it. Best is a grading system. It, and oftentimes it's subjective. Now, it's easy to see it in competitive situations, you know. Point score. Yeah, athletics, of course, has a has a system that's well understood, right? Yeah, you you know who's the fastest man on the planet. You know, you can tell who's the best at scoring from the three-point line with 10 points behind in the fourth period. So, you know, it, we can get crazy about that. And, you know, you look at all these baseball stats and everything yeah. else, uh, you know, just the sports world is always looking for some way to put a grade on an athlete's performance. Right. We can also then think about how does that grade foster back to us, you know? And it's all, in in many ways, it's all subjective. Even things that are, you know, you can quantify it. It's still how you slice and dice it become vanity scores. There are ways yeah. for us to think and feel good about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the subjectiveness just kind of even comes to play in like the, uh, the Oscars, right? Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joshua, my son and I had this, this conversation. We both just recently watched the Revenant and then Steve jobs and both actors on those films, Leonardo DiCaprio for the Revenant and Michael Fassbender for Steve jobs. were both up for Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Now, Leonardo DiCaprio won that, mm-hmm. but Joshua felt like, well, Michael Fassbender should have won that for Steve Jobs, and that Leonardo only won it because he should have won it for earlier ones, and so it was kind of a hmm. a gimme as a way to acknowledge his prior work in films that he didn't win for. Crazy. The point is, is regardless of you know who won, the point is, is that you can always find some way to say, well, somebody else should have won or whatever in find excuses for maybe why somebody did win when somebody else shouldn't have won. And we just saw that with the whole Miss America contest where Miss 
Hawaii didn't win because she was given a political question. Would you vote for Donald Trump or would you vote for Hillary Clinton? And there's so it was a big internet uproar about the fact that she didn't win because she was thrown this question. Hmm. And, you know, had she not been thrown that. that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in any of these contests, right? Hmm. Who's the best? I mean, the point is, is it just comes down to this fact that other people, whoever that is, is assigning the grade. And when we don't recognize that we are driven to pursue that validation, that grade, what that does is it reinforces that fixed mindset thinking that we talked about a long time ago. Right. Which is basically the concept that says that my intelligence, my abilities are static. They don't change. I am who I am. I'm stuck with it and can't do anything else, which is a mindset that's debilitates everyone. Yeah. I think everybody has a part of it. And I know that I had a huge piece of this. We've talked about these over the episodes, right? Yeah. But that's exactly right. That was a really good way to describe it. The key here is that when we live to get noticed and we live to get our performance recognized by other people, rather than just living out of the strengths that we have, in other words, Instead of trying to improve our mastery, when we're looking to get recognized for our performance rather than living out of our mastery, we are living from a fixed mindset rather than a growth mindset. And Heidi Grant Halverson wrote something in her book, Succeed, that I think is really important for us to, to consider. And she's talking about performance goals, right? So when somebody is trying to get the grade, we choose these performance goals in the first place because we think reaching them will give us a sense of validation, making us look and feel smart, talented, and desirable. And then we judge ourselves according to whether or not we are successful. And I think that that's the key here, that a lot of this desire to be the best is really a simply born out of a desire for us to be validated, to be felt like there's a place where we belong, that we are wanted and desired and, and all of that. And the key that she ends up talking about is that for people who are in that mode, if they don't get the grade they're looking for, if they can't achieve that best status, however it gets sliced, right? They start to lose motivation and then they don't end up doing any of what they would want to create or do. So, I mean, I think the point that Heidi Grant Halverson is making and really what we want to talk about here is that when we focus on other people's grade and (laughs) that's often subjective, right? That we're going to lose motivation because really all we're doing is we're seeking validation and we don't get the validation what we're trying to get at is diminished, right? And that's one of the struggles that I've had in in looking at this. But I think the deeper one, and we've talked about on earlier shows, is that when you try to become best in something, yeah. because it's relative, it's always relative to somebody else, right? Yeah. You build up resentment toward them. That's true. You know, you're looking at somebody else all the time and you're you're always in their shadow. Yeah, or you're always envying them. You're always trying to be like them. And instead of learning from them, then what you do is you always compare yourself against them. And then back to the earlier point, you're not only getting a grade from somebody else for not being best, but now you're giving yourself a bad score because you're comparing yourself to somebody who has probably a lot more mastery than you do. You're not quite at the top. And you're usually more critical of yourself than anyone else always, is. Right? Always. You know, and when your skill set is different than somebody else's skill set, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily know all the ways in which you're better than they are. Yeah. <laughs> you only know the way in which you're worse. Yeah. And that's the thing you're saying, okay, 
my grade compared to this other person isn't nearly as good. You know what's ironic is the, here's what it makes me think of, and this is going to be a wow, wow, wow story I'm going to share. But one of the things <laughs> I hated about the type of parenting that I got from my parents, and this is something that we talked about, I'm not trying to bash my parents, but something that's just lingered with me is growing up, I would always hear from both my mom and my dad, why can't you be more like your sister? Oh, right. Yeah. And she's the perfect example. here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she, she's the heady one, right? Mm -hmm. The intellectual, like, I don't know how many master's degrees and a PhD Mm -hmm. and she's the mathematical person in the family and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I love my sister. She's a brilliant human being. She's generous. There's so much about her. So I'm not, I'm not trying to bash her either, but she was nothing like the person I wanted to be. Yeah. Right. But and coming from my culture's background, your education is all, it's, it's, it's everything, right? It's, right. it's, you're either, you have two choices growing up. Are you going to be a doctor or an engineer? <laughs> right. Literally, I'm not even kidding. Right. That's, those are the two <laughs> options they give you. You're going to be a doctor or an engineer. I would always look at that and I always think like, I, I don't, I don't want to be like my sister. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to be stuck in a room. All I do is study and it's all about it. I, I, I don't want that, right? Uh-huh. So then for whatever reason, I started comparing myself to her. And at some point I realized I couldn't live up to it. But at some point I do remember just kind of giving up, being like, I can't I, I, I can't live up to your expectation. And now I have the same expectation. I can't even live up to my own expectation. Yeah. So now I just kind of threw my arms up and said, well, screw this. I'm just going to go do my own thing. And I just kind of did the exact opposite, right? Uh-huh. I went and did, yeah. I got crazy. Yeah. Well, if that was a moment of differentiation for you, you needed to differentiate from the expectations that your parents had on you. And yeah, I think we talked about that. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. The same probably. kind of deal where we have expectations uh, that others put on us and then we put on others. And, you know, anytime you have this comparison, it, it fosters envy. And, yeah. you know, great example of that is that movie. Or bitterness. <laughs> yeah, right. And that great example is that movie Amadeus, you know, with uh, Italian composer Antonio Salieri with his bitter jealousy toward Mozart and all of his seemingly easy and almost flippant inspiration with Hmm. with which Mozart could compose music just in his head. And it just came so easy. And, and, you know, Salieri was bitter... because it came so much more difficultly to him, you know, and of course a lot of that was, was trumped up for the drama of the movie, but still, I think it was a great illustration of it. And, you know, this weekend I did, a, as I was traveling, I mean, I did a Rocky movie marathon, right? I, right. I watched every Rocky show. Holy cow. Uh, all of them. Yeah. Kind of binged on Rocky episodes, all but right. you know, it occurs to me that that that's the underlying theme too of many of those movies is why mm-hmm. what's the pursuit of best right and and we all like that comeback you know and is he going right. to be the best and he's going to be able to do it and and you know if you get down to like rocky five right so adrian his wife points mm-hmm. out that rocky's trying to relive his best glory by, days. yeah his glory yeah. days by training up this young boxer and instead he's trading off a quest for personal fulfillment for this quest for best. And that's that Hmm. tension that always exists in the movie. And she's trying to say, Hey, you know, instead of winning the respect of other people, why don't you maintain your own self-respect and, and win the respect and Hmm. and continue to relish the respect that you have of the family. Hmm. And that was, you know, that tension that that thread that's there in all the movies really is that idea of, pursuing this ideal and what happens when you don't get it and yeah. how does that drive you you know isn't that interesting though that in our culture 
we have this meme that basically says we can't necessarily love ourselves until other people respect us yeah rather than having the reality of the situation being you can't really truly be respected for who you are unless you love yourself first. Yeah, and you can't really even love yourself without you understanding, first of all, that God loved you because right. that's where it has to come from. It has right. to start there. No matter where you're at, that's where it's got to be. Well, the other way, Armin, I think that trying to be the best is detrimental to you. Is it? You know, I, you, you started the show, at least this part of the show, talking about this. It's not sustainable. No, God, no. It's a dream. You know, and, yeah. and I think we all know that, but it doesn't mean, keep us from wanting to at least have our moment of saying, hey, we were at the top, you know? But, you know, we don't hardly remember the best actor for 2013, you know, just right. three years ago. Who was that, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Daniel Day-Lewis for oh, Lincoln. yeah. And I had to look that up. I, I, yeah. There would be no way I would have known that. Or the best <laughs> recording artist in 2013 is One Direction beating out Eminem, you know? Oh, like, <laughs> I just heard <laughs> <laughs> But what happened to Tiger Woods and, you know, Michael Phelps isn't, mm-hmm. isn't quite to the the level that he was finished fourth recently in one of his meets. Right. Yeah. So, you know, these things happen and nobody can ever stay at the top of their game. Right. And no one lives forever. Right. Mm. There's only one best who's lived forever. You, wait, 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 Give you, me a guess. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I just saw something that was really, really fascinating. They just did this study and they asked people a series of questions it was based on how much money do you want to make? Do you want, and they would give multiple choice. Do you want to make 60 grand, 50 grand, 40 grand? Or would you rather be second place or third place in the Olympics? Uh-huh. And so on and so forth. And it was so interesting. And the audience would respond. They would all say, I'd rather be second place or I would rather make 60 grand or blah, 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 blah. So they went through this. But then they compared it to like the real actual survey census that they did and come to find out vast majority of people actually wanted to be third place and not second place. They wanted to make 40 grand, not 60 grand. And there was this weird thing behind it. And everybody's so confused. Why would you want to make less? Why would you want to place worse? And, and then they started showing a series of pictures. And the one that stood out to me is every second place winner that they showed in the Olympics always looked sad. Third place guy always looked content. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because, because the second place didn't get first. Right. And the third place was happy, happy to, to be place. there. Yeah. <laughs> I was happy it to be was there. the craziest study. I got every question wrong. I was like, no, I want to be second. It's better than third. No, I want to yeah. make more because yeah. it's more. Right. Yeah. But then the results came back. I was baffled. I couldn't believe that yeah. people actually wanted lesser. That's right. That's funny. It was mentally yeah. more and, palatable. And I can them. I can see that, but it is counterintuitive. Yeah. You know, when you when you taste the possibility of being first and you're not, <laughs> you're just sad. That you feel like you lost something that you rightfully should have had. Right. Right. Yeah. And when you're third, you don't feel that way. <laughs> you're like I'm not fourth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the platform. Yeah. <laughs> it was the craziest thing I ever saw. I couldn't uh, believe it. Oh, right, the takeaway for this episode then is. Be third. <laughs> Go for third place. Yeah. Now, I want to suggest then that our, our alternative thinking really is forget best, right? Yeah. Be better. And it really is summed up in our Inspire Me. Beat yesterday. Beat that's your right. beat your yesterday. And this is the thing that you already know. I yeah, mean, yeah. everybody that's listening to this show knows this. But I think sometimes we really forget that our culture has infused so many other 
messages in, in a mangled way, but it's relentless. And, yeah. and we forget that. Our job is to beat our yesterday, not, right. not, to, not to be seeking the grade and the accolades that come from it. And I think the other thing for me as I think about this is just be attentive to your patch, you know, serve it well. When I say be attentive to your patch, I mean, you know, we're each given something to do, some ground to work, some field to plow, and just do that. Do that really well. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to be the best in your in your plow. You just have to do what you've done, serve it well. Yeah. You know? I see so much in the scriptures, Armin, that, that is so counter to the messages that we get. I mean, Paul describes himself as the least of the apostles. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't say, hey, I'm the best of the apostles. Right. You know? now, but if we had to take a look and say, well, who wrote of the apostles? Who wrote the most words that are probably helpful? I mean, you yeah. probably say the apostle Paul did, and right. he'd come, come to mind for that. But no, he's the least of the apostles. And Jesus himself said, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first you know mm-hmm. so they turned this whole idea of what first and best and greatest in yeah. fact you know there were two cats that came to i see cats but two guys <laughs> they used to call them cats you know back in the when, 60s and 70s yeah, that, was that was cool was a, yeah it was, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know there were two dudes <laughs> james and john that came to jesus right and they both said hey um, fix me up to be on your right hand and on your left hand. Hmm. Uh, you know, when you go into glory, we want to kind of just have those. And those were privileged spots, right? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> if you're right and left, that means you're kind of best, right? right? You're just, that's, that's it. And you know, this is where, where Jesus challenged them. He says, Hey, I know what you're trying to get at here. And let me give you the formula. The formula here, guys, is if you want to be great, he said, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Mm. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Mm. Now, did we talk about this at one of the earlier I, episodes? I don't know. I okay. So here's the neat thing about this. I looked this up. If if you take what he says, whoever wants to be great must be your servant. Well, servant is the Greek word diakoneos, which means what we get the word deacon. That means the one who serves another, but it's your it's your will to serve another, right? So if you want to be great, you want to be great, you must serve other people. Right now we don't we don't challenge that at all. Right, that's that's right. kind of what he said. But get this, this is what I think is really cool. He says, "Who wants to be first must be slave of all." Hmm. Now, the word "slave" here, obviously in the English, it's different, but it's it's in the Greek different as well. It's the word "doulos," which means bond servant, which means now I've given up my will, and it's now somebody else's will for what I should do. So follow this with me, if you will. Okay. If you want to be great, you go out and serve people. If you want to be first, which is like being best, you have to do the will of everyone, which is an impossibility. Hmm. You can't possibly do the will of everyone. And that's basically what he's saying. You want everybody's bidding, right? You Hmm. want to be first. Jesus is setting up impossibility here. He's hmm. saying whoever wants to be first has to be slave of everybody. He's not hmm. advocating that they become slaves of everyone. He's saying you can't be first. Your the goal reason, is foolish. The goal is foolish. Hmm. You know why? Because there's only one person that occupies first place, hmm. and that's, that's Jesus himself. And you can't be first hmm. because it's an impossibility to please everyone. Right. And yet, what do we do in our culture when we try to set up being the best, hmm. right? Yeah. We're setting the grade out there and we're trying to be pleasing to everyone. We're trying to get our fan base up as big as we can. We're yeah. trying to make ourselves as popular as we can. And and that's trying to be pleasing to everyone. And it's an impossibility. Wow. I've never heard it that way. That's crazy. 
I, I, I never thought about it that he's setting it up and saying, if you want to be first, you have to be slave to all as it's basically an impossible goal. Can't not, make it. Not can't. here's how you do it. Yeah. Which is how can, more. how can you be a slave to more than one person? Right. You can't. Yeah. You can't possibly obey more than huh. one person if you were to do it entirely the way. That's profound. Crazy. So we should probably leave with a challenge. Yeah. What is it this time? <laughs> <laughs> Well, simply this, I think, and this is a part that's helpful, I think, for all of us to really be reflective on and, and really just to, to reflect on this question. And that is, are there areas in your life where you're looking for a grade from someone else and whose validation is important to you and why is it? And that just requires some think time. I mean, so maybe the point is just turn off this episode and, and just give some thought to that question and, and see where that might take you. Yeah. Most often it'll probably be the leader you serve because you're looking for their validation or her validation well i know for me in in the past it's been people who i don't even work for anymore they perform this counsel in my head that i Mm. feel like i need to live up to my dad's expectations somebody else who who i used to work for's expectations and it's never they're never really real it's they're just imagined expectations but i'm still trying to get validation and live up to that ah and you can't and you cannot. Ah, and they're not even there holding it above your head. You just hold it above your own head. That's craziness. Anyways, that's all the time we have. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please go to reinventure.me backslash iTunes and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Otherwise, leave a question or comment on our show notes at reinventure.me backslash 120 or give us a call at 612-314-5447. And we're especially interested for whatever zany jobs you may have or have heard of. <laughs> yeah. So let us know that too <laughs> we may ask you on the show just so we can hear all about it <laughs> yeah that'd be fun wouldn't it <laughs> well, anyways make sure to subscribe to the show notes via email at reinventure.me that way you'll get them every week without having to look it up other than that that is all we got for a time today so this is armin asadi and larry gates we're saying so long you've been listening to the reinventure me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.